BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews. Presented by IV Creative. Now. Here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews. Presented by IV Creative, it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us. So we thank you. With you today is yours truly, and with me back once again, I have the crew here with me here today, of course, we have with us the creator and host of the Raw Sex Podcast. You can catch that each and every Friday right here in these podcast streets. It's my boy, Cousin Damo, Dominique Marks. Of course, make sure y'all follow on Raw Sex Podcast on IG and on Twitter. He's a great follow. The show is very entertaining. We've had a very good run of shows these last month or so. So make sure y'all check my man out. Y'all following us, man. It's a movement out here. And also, with us, my boy J.O. here in the place to be, as always. Gentlemen, glad to have y'all back here with us today. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning into us once again. We want to thank y'all for continuing to support the show, even when we had a little bit of a hiatus as I was getting my homeowner life together. So uh, thank y'all again for continuing to share and follow us on social media. So guys, as we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics today. We got a really good one. Matter of fact, we got an all-time one. Matter of fact, we got one that if you haven't heard this album, or at least some of the tracks from the album, you've literally been dead for the last 30 years. <laughs> or haven't heard any music in the last 30 years, especially those of popular R&B and urban music. So we're going to go back 30 years to May 28th, 1991. And we're going to take you back to what I like to call a generational and transcendent album, particularly not just because of the music that's on here, but because of the wave that it started in music, a wave that would last well through the 90s, influence those in the 2000s, and definitely influences those from the 2010s and on. And of course, I'm talking about none other than the debut studio album by Jodeci, Forever My Lady, released May 28th, 1991 on Uptown and MCA Records, the iconic Uptown Records, should I say, recorded between 1990 and 1991. Executive producers and the writers on this album from two powerhouses in R&B and in music overall, Devontae Swing, the production mastermind behind not just Jodeci, but 
many other R&B acts that came out in the early to mid and into the late 90s, as well as got Grammy-nominated producer and singer, songwriter extraordinaire, the light-skinned wonder, I'll be sure. <laughs> <laughs> this tag team that helped to craft this sound on this album, 13 tracks, runtime of 53 minutes and 23 seconds, came together to craft this album, which really changed the game over the next couple of decades, but particularly in the 90s. So a couple of things, of course, to know about this album. There were five singles. The first single, surprisingly enough, which a lot of people don't remember, and I know I don't remember, was uh, Gotta Love, which was released in February of 91. The second single is the one that helped put Jodeci on the map as a group, which was Forever My Lady in August of 1991. The third single, Stay, released in December of 91. The fourth single, Come and Talk to Me, released in March of 92. And the last single, I'm Still Waiting, released in August of 92. So you're talking about almost a good 18 months or so where singles from these albums lasted on the airwaves and got considerable airplay for quite a long time. So, (laughs) guys, this is our generation. This is um, Jodeci is a group that when we talk about their beginnings, what they brought to the game, the period of R&B music that they sort of ushered in, no pun intended, really kind of changed the way we looked at R&B singers. And and to go back and give you a short background, Jodeci came about through two sets of brothers. Those, you know them well, Jojo and Casey Haley from North Carolina and Devontae and Dalvin DeGreat. And they were introduced to each other by contacts in the gospel industry. Everyone knows Casey and Jojo grew up singing in the church. It's been well known as did Dalvin and Devante doing music in the church. They decided to come together. Dalvin and Devante were songwriters and producers and Casey and Jojo were powerhouse singers. They eventually did a lot of different performances, demoed for some people, grabbed together money, got into a car from Charlotte, North Carolina, went up to North to New York to go look for a record deal. And the one place they were going to go to go find a record deal was Uptown Records, which kind of was typical for you to do so, considering what their back catalog looked like and what they were doing. And Uptown, founded and CEO'd by the late, great Andre Harrell, uh, had a lot of different artists on his on his label. And A&Rs that he had there included I'll Be Sure, included Heavy D, and included a young A&R that nobody knew at that time, a gentleman by the name of Sean Combs, who would then go by Puff Daddy, who would then go by P. Diddy, who would then go by Just Diddy. But he was a young intern. When they got the demo from Casey from Jodeci, everybody uptown was blown away. They gave it to Diddy and said, hey, as an A&R, here's your project. Do something with these guys. So got together with Albie Shore, paired him with Devontae to craft this album. And not only was that, guys, he also got Diddy to style him. And this is where the whole thing with Jodeci sort of came into play because they dressed just like anybody, unlike anyone else or R&B singers dressed before. They looked hip-hop. You know, everything about them stylized-wise was hip-hop. And it was because Diddy sort of looked at them and came up with the idea how he loved how Belle Biv DeVoe dressed with the whole mental style. They dressed more hip-hop than they did in R&B. Before, R&B guys was wearing cardigans and sweaters and suits and stuff like that. They were wearing jumpsuits and overalls and wearing stuff like Carl Kanai. <laughs> like they looked hip hop and they went ahead and dropped this album. 
So I'm going to get to y'all, man, to see how y'all felt about it. Um, this is in our wheelhouse, in our generation. So I'll start with you, Jay. What say you about Forever My Lady, the album, and Jodeci when they first came out? How did you feel about it when it, you first heard it? And then as you were listening to it this week when we were covering it, what are your thoughts about it and listening to it? Yeah, so, like, you know, the whole thing with them and, like, going back to your point about how they presented themselves, I think about me, I was Jai Young in 91, but I still remember pretty vividly as far as songs of artists that come out, and it was a sharp contrast, like, right then, because you got to remember, like, Boys and Men came out around that time, too. Yeah. And they, like, you know, they, to what you were saying earlier, they, they kind of had that preppy look and, like, you know, the cardigans, like, you know, look more polished. So then Jodeci comes out along that time, and then they seem more like, you know, for lack of a better term, like more street or more edgier, but like, you know, they had vocals. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I noticed like a lot of like older girls I knew kind of like gravitating towards them, you know, around that time. Like I remember vividly when like Come and Talk to Me came out and that joint, you know, was a banger, like yeah. along with all the other stuff. So, and it kind of makes sense. It was, it was almost like the perfect storm with them being with Uptown Records and Andre Harrell and Diddy and everything like that. So, I mean, plus like, you know, with, with um, Devonto had to offer years to come as, as far as like, you know, his sorry contributions to the game. As far as listening to it back then, I mean, well, even back then now, I still think it's just, it's still like sonically pleasing to listen to. You know what I'm saying? Like, definitely one of the ones that stood the test of time back then. To be so innovative in the process makes you appreciate it that much more. Yeah. And I will say to like um, going back to the whole Josie thing, like it kind of proved like one of my point. Like you know, as far as like looking at it from a producer standpoint, like how you how they say you should never meet your heroes. Yeah. Because even though I admire Devontae for his talent, he's kind of like one person I would stay away from. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a very good chance I might end up behind bars if I've had to deal with somebody like that, like yeah. knowing the stories I've heard. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I've heard some stories about Devontae too. I heard he could be quite the asshole and also very confrontational. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, Suge Knight Light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Suge Knight Light. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Damo, same with you, man. Uh, you know, R&B's your thing. I know that you into it. You know what I'm saying? I always turn to you for your perspectives on R&B things. So what about you? What did you think about this album when it first came out? And I know you probably weren't listening to it when it first, first came out because we was all babies. Oh, no, I, was, I was listening to it when it first came. I told you I could only listen to R&B. I couldn't listen to hip-hop. Okay. So you, your mother was letting you, was allowing you to listen to Jodeci yeah, there. I, yeah, I can listen to Jodeci. I knew I knew all the songs then. You know what I'm saying? I had to get, I, had, I could get the, well, you know, I used to have my own own money. You know what I'm saying? So I could virtually consent take that some R&B in the house. Man, throw that on, throw that in the walk, man. That's why back in the day, my guys used to have me write the love letters to their girls because they knew I listened to R&B and they only listened to rap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I might have had a niche back in the day. That's what's up. So, 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 hey, so they'd be like, hey, D, hey, can you help me with this love letter? Hey, I, let me so read what you wrote. Oh man, that ain't that. Let me let me spice this zone out for you real quick. Having back in there, I was listening to R&B, but this album right here, I started off listening to it. You know, my cousins they were all singers, so all of them would be singing these songs all the time. But I mean, like they were good singers. Like yeah, they could have they could have went to. Out of fact, backstory: they had a chance to sing for Jodeci. Oh man, right. And two of my cousins was there. One of my cousins was already on the way. And Genuine was there. Mm. So all of them went inside the party. All my cousins froze up. Genuine's son, he ran off with Jodeci and got in the Jodeci camp. Wow. So, mm. and there was a group at the time. Mm. All of them was, 
the group. Dion and my cousins, they were all the group. And they just, they broke my two cousins that were dead, froze up. And Dion shined, and he ran off with Jodeci. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. So, wow. so the story you hear of Devontae is true, cause, <laughs> and maybe I can try to get somebody to get in contact with Dion to see if maybe we could do that Pony album and have him come on. Oh, yeah. And do it. I'm going to try to see. I don't want to say nothing, make no promises. Maybe we could try it. Okay. See if we can get in contact with him. Yeah. But I remember a story of him when he was about to come out when his career and Devontae was outside the club and was threatening to kill him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so they had to, they had to barge him from the club. Because, wow. you know, back in the day, when he first came out, they said, you know, he looked like, Devontae, he remind, everybody said they remind him of Devontae, but yeah. Yeah. But Jodeci Wise, I'm the album. And the, we get back to that later on in the genre, I think, of that topic with the album. It was definitely a new range of music. And like you said, B, like, I think this is really when the, the nasty part of R&B started. <laughs> I, think they, 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 I think they ushered that in. Yeah. And... <laughs> These kids today then took it to a whole other level where at least some of the songs on it, it was somewhat nasty, but you still didn't really know that first album they were talking about fucking. And then <laughs> into their next album, you knew what they were talking about, but the kids today then took it to a whole other level. Yeah. You, you know, it's funny. We like They get pegged as and talked about it, the bad boys of R&B because the way that they look, because they look... I ain't going to lie. People probably looked at them and they look thuggish. You know what I'm saying? Like they look yeah. like street dudes. And it's funny, Dombo, because I remember, I can't remember whether this from the raw sex Twitter or something else you picked up. Maybe it was a meme. And you said, as far as like with women, you said, your relationship with toxic men started when you chose Joe to see over boys to men. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I posted, yeah, I posted, I posted that. Uh-huh. Bars. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I think that they were always, you can't help but to compare the two because three weeks before this album came out, a month before this album came out, Boys to Men came out with their debut, Cooley High Harmony. And it was really two different types of R&B, even though they were in the same genre. They were two completely different groups. And they each brought their own uniqueness to the to the genre and to the game. But Jodeci kind of just had that extra little juice to him. And I don't know whether it was the styling or the style of vocals or whatever, the way that they looked. It was just something about them, though. Um, I lived in mostly uh, a female household with just me and my dad, but I had older sisters. My older sisters all had friends. At that time, I had a sister who was um, in college and another one that was about to go to high school. So I heard this album a lot back then and people like had like, you know, they love Jodeci girls love to have crushes on them. Like I can't say like my sisters, all of them had, it's funny cause they, we talk about Devante. They all had crushes on Devante. What girl didn't have a crush on Devante and oh, Dalvin, man. you know, but if anything, what I remember about listening to this album is even back then I'm like, yo, this is uh this is crazy. Like, considering how big the songs were and how easy they were to sort of sing along with. Like you don't get that with everybody's music. And I think that's sort mm -hmm. of a, that's a testament to the work that Devante and I'll be sure did in writing these songs. Like the song forever, my lady penned by I'll be sure as a tribute to his girlfriend who was having his child 
None other than Kim Porter. <laughs> and who was that child? It's Quincy. <laughs> like, so this is how far removed we are from this. This is how deep this goes into the roots of love and understanding and relationships and all this type of things that you hear in this album. It was like, wow. Like, I think I even knew back then, like, you don't really think about classic music, like how long something is going to last. But I think I had a feeling even back then that we were going to be singing these songs for a long, long time with women and with R and B, you have to make a connection with women and they connected with women on a different level than they did with even a lot of their contemporaries. Like, think about it. I mentioned boys to men. Imagine how, how many other groups were out around that time. Troop eventually coming out in the next couple of years would be um, H town high five. I mean, there were a lot of groups out around that time that did R and B because that was the thing to do. You formed an R&B group. R&B groups had a lot more juice than even some of the soloists that were out there. And they were able to really take the market and run with it and really take a top spot and hold on to it. So props to Diddy, props to the producers with I'll Be Sure and Devontae and the songwriting, the production, the mixing, like you said, Jay, it's sonically pleasing still to listen to even 30 years after the fact. And that's uh, just showing how well mixed the album was. I mean, everything from the drums to the synthesizers to the guitars. I'm like, yo, this is, damn, this album was mixed mixed great. I kind of figured that the legacy of this album would endure after a while just by listening to it. And you see that now, the seeing the reactions that people get when you play these songs from this album you get the reaction that lets you know that how strong the legacy is. So no matter where you are. So now we're going to get into highlights. So we're to get with your highlights, any lowlights. And um, I have an interesting take on the album in regards to my highlights and lowlights, but I'll let y'all go first. So Damo, what say you, what are your highlights of here and any lowlights? If you have any. The highlights for me is of course all the singles. You know what I'm saying? And, and you really think about the singles. Come talk to me, stay forever. My lady. You know, I'm still waiting. I forgot about I'm still waiting. Yeah. Until uh, this week. Matter of fact, I sent it to my girl song of the day. I said, I said, I'm going to send this to my baby. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> like, hey, I'm get your ass over here. My head been cold. <laughs> 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 All right. And to those, to me, those are high. That's the high of the album. And they give you those right back to back to back to back. Right. And I can say it's a low for now. But for then, it wasn't a low. You can see how it switched over to the New Jack Swing. Yeah. Mm. Music. And once it switched over to the New Jack Swing, I can't even lie, man. I really couldn't. I don't feel New Jack Swing no more. Like, it's a couple of New Jack Swing. Whenever Teddy Riley on the New Jack Swing is. But that New Jack Swing with the Jody, I was like, "Uh, it was all right. But it ain't the the first four of the album. You know what I'm saying? So to me, that's a low to me. Hmm. Okay, so you're a fan of the first half of the album, but that second half, when yeah. it gets into the up-tempo tracks, you're not really a fan of those. Mm-hmm. Sure. It might like one of those I think I like out of it, like a play thing. Yeah. And then after that, I'm like, oh, I, matter of fact, I had to look at my phone to make sure it was still the album <laughs> going on and try to make sure it Teddy Riley didn't hop I'm still looking at the Jonathan album. Like, what the fuck happened? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a consequence of the time, though, because... Yeah, we but were, that's what I said for the time. Yeah. yeah. Back then, yeah, I was like, all right, okay. You know, of course, that's your, part, that's your rocking at a house party, whatever. 
when you hear the little house party and they got the kids out there dancing, those are jokes that will come on or whatever. And then, you know, the grown folks will come on when the, when the first pool come on. You know what I'm saying? But then now, like you said, 30 years removed, they're like, yo, hey, y'all boo this album. <laughs> True. <laughs> True indeed. I hear you. Nah, it, it is a little jarring, I think, because a lot of people, uh, and, and I'll get to this more in depth, but I think a lot of people probably expected, if you hadn't listened to this album in full, you'll be a little surprised, I think. So, um, Jay, what about you? Your highlights and lowlights? Dang, I don't know if I follow with Dom, because like he, in my, my opinion, pretty much mirrors his, like as far as like first half joint, like being the highlights with like stay, come talk to me and everything like that, but Going back to like what um, Dom said, but I'm still waiting. I kind of wish they would they would have included the remix on here. I don't know if you guys remember the remix for that joint. I think Diddy did that joint. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Because that shit, Can that shit was like fire. Set the music, bruh. <laughs> was banging. Like I was, I was touching the other day. Like, yeah, shit. Why did they put this on the album? Like, yeah. Um, just the way like it was like what, this is for the G, Jeez. strictly for the G's. Like in the way I don't know if you listen to the G system, but like yeah. that joint goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely remember that remix. But I'm still waiting. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, but then going back and again, kind of like, you know, Marion with Dom said, like, you know, the second half of the joint, like, you know, with all the up-tempo, I mean, up-tempo joints, like, wasn't really a fan of that, but I could see how how somebody would have been a fan of that during that time period, like, you know, for, like, parties and yeah. getting ready to go out Friday night, that type of thing, like, you know, for anybody that may have been a young adult around that time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And then going back, another thing Dom was saying, like, lyrics weren't, weren't as explicit as you know what I'm saying but like I mean, it was kind of like borderline for that time too but I, I, it just makes me think about the joint I gotta love like yeah you know what I'm saying he clearly was talking about you know what I'm saying slang that dick to whatever chick you know what oh, I'm saying yeah. trying to holler at so definitely yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it just made me think about like yeah like I think it was obvious but I mean maybe for that time they kind of could they considered that like a little bit polished you know what I'm saying so they wouldn't be so blatant but yeah um, yeah so I mean, like I said my, my opinion pretty much mirrors Dom's on that joint yeah, I, I think that the if you didn't listen to this album, a lot of people's opinion when they think about Jody C and when they think about this album is particularly just slow jams. Like, I think that's the one thing that when you listen to Jody C, all of their hits have been what? Almost all of them have been slow jams and love songs. True. Um, the one song that was a hit that wasn't a slow jam as far as like a commercial hit was Get On Up. That was it. I don't know any other fast, like up tempo Jodeci songs that were hits. So when we think about Jodeci, when you talk about Jodeci, your mind automatically takes you to slow jams. That's it. So I think that one of the things that folks, when they think about this album having not heard it, will think that it's an album full of slow jams, and it's not. So the highlights for me opening the album with Stay is a really interesting choice. And I'll have to say this out of all the Jodeci tracks of all time. I think stay might be my favorite. And that's saying a lot, right? Because, and I also think that it's one of the most disrespected singles that Jodeci has. And I'll say that because of this, I think forever. My lady gets a lot of play. When you talk about Jodeci, uh, come and talk to me. The remix of course gets a lot of play. When you talk about this Fiendin cry for you, freaking you, uh, love you for life, get a lot of play, but I think stay sort of gets forgotten a little bit, you know, as time has gone on, but I think opening the album with that is a really, really good choice. Cause I love stay come and talk to me. The regular track is great. Um, and to speak to sort of your, like your methodology, Jay, uh, cut the remix though that's the song that all of us know right it's not right. really that much different from the original but it has that different drum beat 
You know, it has that intro was different where Casey and Jojo were singing in the beginning that leads up into that breakdown with the drum beat. You know, the bass line is different, but the regular song isn't that great. But remember back then they didn't put remixes on albums. That's how they made you go out and buy singles. You know, <laughs> like back in the day, if you wanted to go get remixes, you either had to record it on the radio or go out and go buy the single in the record, in the record store. You know what I'm saying? Um, Forever My Lady, obviously, I mean, that's one of the signature tracks. I'm still waiting, and I got to agree with you again, Jay, that <laughs> uh, that remix, it bangs. It goes, man. It It's definitely, that's the really the I'm still waiting version that I know and know well. And then you get into You and I, and then the album takes that turn as you get into the second half of the album. I will say this. I wasn't a huge fan of the second half of the album, but I will say to me there were a couple of gems. I did love Gotta Love. I, I did love Plaything and Treat You. But as you all said, when you sort of come from that all slow jams in that first half and then get to all upbeat New Jack swing style tracks in the second half, I don't know if that was a great choice to sort of lay, to have the tracks go into that order. Like, I even think if they would have maybe mixed the tracks up a little bit, that maybe it, it would have, yeah. the contrast, I think, would have been a little bit better. Did y'all think that? Would y'all thought that, too, if it would have been a contrast, maybe you would have received it a little yeah. bit better? I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird to me. So I did like those two other tracks, but the other ones, though, as you sort of get into a mood, it's like you're sort of like, you know, driving and taking a trip, driving 50 miles an hour and then going 70 miles an hour the second half of the trip. You know what I'm saying? Like it's uh, it would have been better if you would have been cruising along at about 60 to 65 so that there's not this big jump in between one thing to the other. I think if you don't listen to the album and hadn't listened to it at all, you would be thrown off by that. I think I was thrown off remembering this and being like, Oh, you know, I don't really remember a lot of these other tracks. I remember Gotta Love because that was a single. But the other tracks, I didn't really remember a whole lot about them. Really what sticks with you are the singles because those are the things that stick. Those are the ones that made Jodeci their money. Those are the tracks when you're at a concert, they want to hear Jodeci sing. I don't think they're necessarily a bad thing, but I think the sequencing was off here. Had it been a little bit more mixed, I think I would have received it a little bit better. So... There we are. Those are my highlights. Great job by Devontae and Al B. Shore, though. And this was really like the first time that I think Al B. Shore stepped out and wrote for another group. And since then, he's piled up quite a bit of songwriting credits from Faith to Kelly Price to uh, anybody. A lot of hot folks in R&B in the late 90s had Al B. Shore writing songs for them. And him writing Forever, My Lady, I mean, that was... um. That's crazy, man. That's um, like we said, he wrote it about Kim Porter. It was about Quincy. It was one of the five number one R&B hits that they've had. It spent two weeks on top of the R&B, U.S. R&B charts and peaked 25 on the Billboard 100. And uh, that was just their second single. And everybody knows that uh, like these uh, these Jodeci videos, like the videos even for these joints, like me and Dom will talk about it all the time. Like R&B stopped being fire once you notice you started having a, a dudes out in the desert dressed in black or dressed in white linen suits. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Singing in the desert. And on the Forever My Lady, them, them dressed in all white. Like, yo, that... <laughs> that's really when you got man like you got to the solar r&b man this new style r&b that we had like for real for real 
So, and as both of y'all mentioned, it really wasn't explicit. But even back then, I think it was a little bit of cutting edge. But yeah, well, and you know what? You're abs- I think that you're right. It isn't their best album. You're right. You're absolutely right. It isn't their best album. But I think this is the album that everybody sort of points to, though, when they talk about Jodeci. Because I think when you're... Well, I, I think so. I, I, I think... I don't think so. But I think they, they go they go to them singles. But I I think that everybody goes to the Diary of a Mad Bay. Mad yeah. Bay and first. As soon as I finished listening to this one, I said, let me put on Diary of a Mad Bay real quick to see if I'm going to feel the, sort of the same way years later. I said, oh... Okay. Well, y'all didn't do this one on the first one. You yeah. know, back in the day, they had that thing as the, the sophomore jinx. That yeah. diary man band wasn't the sophomore jinx. Nah, not at all. <laughs> nah, not at all. Not at all. And then, and then by that point, I think, you know, they were actually, they were still on Uptown at that point. You know what I'm saying? So you have the the ability of experience. And not only that, but like seeing on Diary of a Mad Band, they had appearances by Timbo by Missy and Missy's group sister. Uh, Rep Man was on the album. So it's, um, you had the experience of them knowing like, okay, we got the, we got the secret sauce. We know the recipe. We know what the people want from us. So let's just take that and give it to them one more time. And they were with the now. They was all in that camp though. Genuine, Missy and Timberland was all in that Jodeci camp. Oh yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. And that's 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 all all those Devontae stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and and, and he he wasn't trying to let them blow. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't trying to let none of them blow. He was trying to hold them back. Yeah, exactly. This was the start though. And I, I think that when we, like, there are sort of like that groupings of Jodeci singles. So I think that this is part of like the first grouping of Jodeci singles. Then you get the ones from Diary of a Mad Band. Then you get the ones to the show, the hotel, the after party. And um, then you get the Casey and Jodeci tracks, uh, the Casey and Jojo tracks, you know, that sort of fit somewhere into that Jodeci family as well. But now nah, you're absolutely right. So I think there is uh, some hindsight of 30 years afterwards that there were some things that I think they could have done a little bit better with this. So I, I think that the, the, the tracks on here that are classics are absolutely classics, but we'll get into that now. So now we get to the time where it's a test. The test of time, whether we say it's a certified classic, borderline classic, classic just in its time, or not a classic at all. So I'll start with you, Jay. What say you, um, after now we've talked about it, you've listened to it, what do you say as far as Jodeci Forever My Lady in regards to that? And then also on a 7 out of 10, how strongly do you feel about it? Um, I'm have to say classic. And as far as how it feels, as far as in this scale, I would say, I would say eight out of ten. Okay, just like taking everything, taking everything into consideration. Yeah. Okay, Damo. Man, if I'm putting it against the second album, I wouldn't be able to give it a classic. But since I'm not gonna do that, we'll say it's a classic. Cause they got them four, they got them four bangers, mm-hmm. and those are all classic singles. So I'm gonna go ahead and give it a classic, and yeah, I'm gonna go with J eight out of ten. Okay, you got to yeah, I think you know that that that, that time frame that New Jack Swing was the shit back then. So. Yeah, right. yeah, 
And plus, it's still like a lot of older people, like older fans, you know, they still rock out to them joints. They put, you put them on, so. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think my older sister's generation, I think they will probably still rock out to a lot of those joints that they heard on Jodeci joints. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, it's, uh, yeah. But my opinion, I think it's a certified classic as well. But I'm giving it actually a 7 out of 10. Because I think after I listened to it this week, the totality of the album altogether, I don't, I don't think I went into this week with a better feeling with it this week than I did before. Like, I think if anything, my opinion, I don't want to say worsened, but I didn't really feel that less much of the album. But I think to me, I, if it was like on iconic status, I think, yeah, for the legacy, I think it's still on iconic status, but in regards to the quality and mixing and everything else in regards to what happens with the second half of the album, I think that brought it down a notch, just a notch for me. You know what I'm saying? So I would say, yeah, if it would have been an EP, this y'all would have been classic, classic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. If this would have been an EP and they would have just got it down to about seven or eight tracks, this would have been an all-timer. Like, you putting this in one of the best albums of all time of any genre. So, yeah. But I do think that, you know, regardless of everything else that we talked about in the second half of the album, everything, the legacy, I think, of what this, what this created – is really what's bigger than probably the music and what this ushered in and the era that this brought into the game and the style that R&B artists had after this. Cause you saw however many artists that came out and R&B acts that came out after this to sort of mimic their style. A lot of them did, you know what I'm saying? A lot of them mimicked that style, the, how, how they looked, the way that they dressed, the personas, they really matched up to that. I even saw there was a group. I don't know if any of y'all saw this on Facebook, but there's some new boy R&B group out there that tried to remake Come and Talk to Me, like the way that the remix was. And they got some good voices, but it just wasn't the same, though. <laughs> it just wasn't. I gave them an A for effort. Let me put it that way. It was an A for effort. If I could so send would you, you... So would you rank them on the same level, say, like a Jacquees or... You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess probably so. Yeah, probably. Oh, so they, they have punchable faces then, okay. Yeah, they do have punchable faces. <laughs> they had good voices, though, you know what I'm saying? But it was just like, it didn't have that same oomph like the original, that Come and Talk to Me remix. Like, nah, that's, <laughs> it just didn't. It's like, y'all tried. Like, this is 30 years ago. Like, y'all wasn't even alive back then, but nice try, though. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Joe to see Forever My Lady, 30 years ago, this week, iconic group iconic album iconic singles really you know what i'm saying and make sure y'all go check out this album make sure you read some of the articles they'll be up in my show notes in regards to the anniversary for this album and the legacy really that it has so make sure y'all check out jodeci forever my lady and look it up uh listen to it and let us know what you think about it hit us up on social media and let us know what you think about this album after listening to our review and then also listening to the album and that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you check us out on our new host on Red Circle. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to The Vault Classic Music Reviews on any one of our streaming sources. If you go to the link in our bio, our link tree, you can get to any one of our streaming sources. And also, all of our social media pages, you can get to The Vault on Instagram on at Vault CMR Podcast, on Twitter at Vault Classic. And on Facebook and YouTube, you can search us by looking up the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the Facebook page. Interact with us on social media. Tell us what you think. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend. And make sure that that friend tells a friend. 
Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we'd like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.